There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, I'm Sophie Ellis-Bexter and welcome to Spinning Plates, the podcast where I speak to busy working women who also happen to be mothers about how they make it work. I'm a singer and I've released seven albums in between having my five sons aged 16 months to 16 years, so I spin a few plates myself. Being a mother can be the most amazing thing, but it can also be hard to find time for yourself and your own ambitions. I want to be a bit nosy and see how other people balance everything. Welcome to Spinning Plates. Hello, my darlings, and greetings from Hamburg. Um, you've found me on tour. I'm on my European tour. I'm on the second of my three German dates today. So yesterday I was in Cologne. Tomorrow I'm in Berlin. I've been to Hamburg. I've been to Brussels. I've been to Paris. It's been really fun. And I did record you a message actually yesterday from Cologne, but I sounded so awful that I thought I'd re-record it here in Hamburg. You can probably still hear I'm struggling a little bit. I've got um, one of those really nasty cough colds, proper kind of everything, coughing, sore throat, fever, sinus pain, like the works, real doozy of a cold. Um, but you know what they say, the show must go on. And it started after Amsterdam, so I took it very, very easy on my day off in Cologne, and then I did the gig yesterday, and I spoke to my mum during the day, and she gave me lots of advice. And uh, one of the things she always talks about is something called Doctor Theatre. So Doctor Theatre is basically the adrenaline of the gig, kind of like, or the show, whatever it is you're doing, kind of pushes you through. And I do believe in it, but I also find it quite funny. It's become a thing in our family, we say. Whenever someone's not feeling well before they have to do something, go, oh, Dr. Theatre. Um, <laughs> anyway, yes, I had to rely on Dr. Theatre for yesterday's show. But actually, it went really well. It was a really lovely crowd. All the crowds have been gorgeous. This is my first European tour in 20 years. And uh, it's been incredible to be reunited with folk and to meet people again um, out on the road this way and do these shows and sing all these songs. And also, it's funny how it kind of opens up your mind to old memories so it reminds me of the tour I did 20 years ago which actually was with Richard before we were dating but you know we went to a lot of these same cities it's quite cute to sort of come back in time so yeah 
Hamburg's a lovely city. We've been for a very nice brunch today. It's Sunday here, so um, nothing's really open, including the pharmacies, which is a bit annoying. But uh, I've been here lots of times before, so I've got that quite chilled feeling where I'm not feeling like I need to be lots of places, which is a good thing, because my mum told me I should stay in one temperature today, and I actually think that's good advice. It's hailing a little bit out there, so I'm just taking it easy. I'm going to look after my voice. I have a really good gig tonight here in the Kent Club in Hamburg. Anyway, how are you? hope everything's all right with your end of things. Uh, we're nearing the end of the podcast series. What number is this? Nine. <whistles> Blimey. So, got a lovely episode for you today because my guest is the gorgeous Siobhan Donaghy. So, Siobhan is part of the Sugar Babes. Obviously, she's been a solo artist in her own right as well. A thoroughly lovely woman. It was actually really nice to sit and chat with her. I felt, I think we both felt that we knew each other, even though actually we've only met pretty briefly over the years. I remember meeting her and um, Keisha and Mutia, so the original lineup of the Sugar Babes, but back in sort of, well, it must have been 20 years ago. It must have been around then, because it was when I think when I was doing Murder on the Dance Floor, so that's like 2001, 2002, and I met them at MTV. We worked out that Siobhan then must have been about 17 or something crazy. So it was quite cute to actually sit and properly chat and hear how she's finding things this time around. And basically, she's absolutely loving it. They're having the best time ever. Sugar Babes are obviously having a big big run of success following uh, their reformation back to their original lineup. And what happened last year at Glastonbury, where they had to close the field around the Avalon stage because so many people were trying to see them. And now they're going to do an O2 gig this year. So exciting things for them. And she was just a really lovely woman. We had a really nice chat. So I will leave you with that. And uh, usually at this point, when I'm listening back, I go and have a cup of tea. But today I'm going to have a herbal one, which is a bit boring. But I'm trying to be good for my voice. It'll be worth it in the long run. Anyway, I will see you on the other side. It's really nice to see you. I was thinking, I don't think... I've actually seen you in person for a really long time. For a really long time. Like maybe like 20, I think we met on MTV. <laughs> I was saying to my husband on the phone this morning, I was like, I can't remember exactly, I've got a terrible memory. I know we've met, but I couldn't remember and I knew it was just a long time ago. I think we met at MTV like 20 years ago. Wow. So I must have been like 21, 22. And I remember meeting the three of you and looking back, you must have only been like, 17 or something. I'm trying to do the math, yeah. Isn't that crazy? And um, so, yes, nice to see you. Have you been? <laughs> Have the last 20 years been? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, good. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, back then I probably didn't even really say hello to people. I was, I found it quite intimidating, those big, you know, rooms with everyone in. To be honest, me too, actually. Yeah. And no, you were all really sweet because I remember in that pop world especially when you're all like your peers, you're all kind of quite kept quite apart and you hear about each other before you meet. And then when you do meet, everybody's just like really lovely. And I you're know. Like, oh, fine. Everybody's just human. And To be honest, I, yeah, I've, I've very rarely met anyone who I didn't like. Yeah, same yeah. here. Yeah. Sometimes it's a bit annoying because there'd be people, when I started out, I'd be like, oh, I, I really don't like that, you know, that artist or that band. And yeah. then you meet them and they're nice and you're like, yeah. oh, they're actually really nice. I can't be like that anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So, you know, their music's naff, but they're lovely. Exactly. So. <laughs> but I didn't feel that way about you on either count. And, um, Not me, you. And I just, uh, I think probably we're similar in that we both of us kind of found our way into music as a sort of, not really the planned thing, it just what happened. And then exactly. you sort of learn 
as you go about what you know where you, when you put a foot wrong and when you do it right and all how it all kind of comes together yes <laughs> yeah I definitely felt thrown in at the deep end mm. and I think it took for me to move away from the music industry and come back for me to get it I feel like I had to go and get like a nine-to-five job I worked in fashion for quite a few years as a model booker and you know learning the business side of that you know, I could re- that that was a real transferable skill coming back into the Sugar Babes this time around because I don't know, I just was stabbing in the dark. I mean, my my mum worked for British Airways, my dad was a builder. We're not from a musical family. You know, we started so young, we had a chaperone, but even she didn't have any relevant experience at the time. So it's just the blind leading the blind, and it was fun, but it was also terrifying, which kind of took the edge off the fun side of it you know yeah and I think no matter what happened in your career this is always a good point like when I'm a little bit older than you but I find like this is a point in your life where you start thinking back to like the beginning bit and how you felt at that time but it must be even more relevant to you because you're revisiting those memories from people asking you about it a lot as well so it must be quite weird to kind of be kind of opening that box again really and it is. The thing that really opens the box is just being with the girls again because yeah. we can revert to being like silly teenagers and giggling and, I mean, I now say when I go to work, I'm on holiday. That's what I, that's what I say, I'm off, on, I'm off on holiday and I'll see you later on this evening because, <laughs> you know, looking after children is so much harder. Yeah. Um, that, that's um, an amazing reality check in itself. You know, you can come back, you know, I, I like, um, you know, being there 80% of the time and being a full-time mum f- for that time. But also I get to dart off and do this wonderful creative thing with the girls and just have a complete jolly this time around, really. It's been wonderful. Yeah, that's really special. And actually, how nice to have that relationship with it now. So what's happening in the here and now for the Sugar Babes? So we've had a great year, which means now that next year is really busy. And it's it's quite unexpected, to be honest. Um Glastonbury was a real turning point um, just because I think we shut down the field and we all were quite overwhelmed at, you know, what a success it was. Which is extraordinary. Just to sort of talk about that for a second. So basically you're playing the Avalon stage, yeah. which is the stage I've played in the last two times I've been to Glastonbury as well. I've never had the field shut down when I'm on there. So that what does that look like when you come out? Could you sense straight away that there's a huge crowd? Like, well, it's more the way they briefed us before we went on. We had to have this security briefing about, you know, whether people were going to be in distress in the in the crowd and, wow. um, you know, would people make that arm signal? And I'd yeah. never heard anything like that. I didn't know what the signals were. And just to make sure that, you know, you know, we really kept our eye on how everyone was. And I was like, oh, my God, we're playing Glastonbury. I'm going to have quite a lot going on in my head, but I'll try. Um, it also just meant it was really loud because apparently they were trying to project the sound so far out of the tent that it was just... I mean, Mutti was temporarily deaf when we came off stage. Yeah, I mean, that was quite so you scary. you guys use in-ear monitors? We do, we do. But it was still so loud from yeah. just from the... Wow. It was absolutely booming. So what point did they give you a security briefing then? How long before you go on stage? Oh, about two or three minutes before. <gasps> I know, so it kind of threw us in a way. So you've got all that adrenaline anyway towards the gig. And it's a small stage, right? Yeah. So, it, yeah, it was quite, it was quite overwhelming. But apparently wow. it was so loud, hardly anyone could hear us singing anyway. So we, <laughs> we, we, we needn't have worried. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture that. So in times of the chronology of what you've been doing this year, so up until Glastonbury, 
How many gigs had you guys been doing? So we did Mighty Hoopla. That was the first gig of the summer. And then our second gig was Glastonbury. Oh, wow. That's the second one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just had to go mind over matter. I decided to just laugh about it because it's so ridiculous. I feel like after so much time and after having children and coming back where I do kind of, I feel quite mumsy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just have to laugh about it. So I didn't, I didn't really even get nervous. Well, I just felt so ridiculous. I was going to say something in that moment probably also sort of gives another channel, actually. Yeah, and for sure. And once something's so big, it's sort of already like, well, we might as well just have fun now, actually. Exactly. The hard work has kind of been done exactly. for you. Because everyone's having a great time. You know, we've got all these hits that we can reel out. I mean, it's kind of the dream, really. It's amazing. And so after that, the tour. So was the tour already happening when you did Glastonbury? Yes, um, I think after we, Mighty Hoopla, you thought. Yeah, that after Mighty Hoopla, we decided to do it, mm -hmm. um, and I think maybe our agent had held dates, but we hadn't really committed to very much. We'd only committed to the summer. We were like, let's just see how it goes, and you know, we're not tied into a label. Um, we've wanted to be, we've wanted to stay independent, like completely. So cool. And what's the significance of being able to call yourselves the Sugar Babes again as well? The timing of that, I suppose, is. I mean, that's from like is that twenty. 18, 2019. Yeah, I think it was 2019 when it was finalised. I mean, that's just another thing that's just been so bizarre. Mm. I always really hung on to, um, you know, not just from a business point of view, I, you know, that obviously it's important for us to be able to call ourselves sugar babes. But I kind of felt it in my in my body that that's kind of who we, who we are. And yeah. we were so young when we started. And I remember us hating the name. Our manager came up with it. He wanted it to be Sugar Babies, but I think there already was a Sugar Babies, so we were Sugar Babes. But, you know, you become it. Yeah. And, um, you know, even when I wasn't in the band for years, I was still like a Sugar Babe, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, the the MKS and the Mutu Keisha Siobhan thing, mm. it, it always didn't sit quite that well with us. We so wanted... There's a really nice serendipity, isn't there, to where, where you've come to now. Yeah. And also it just felt like it was obvious that we should have the right to use that name. Absolutely. Um and so when we were awarded it, it was um awarded it, it just felt like it was just the right thing. It should have that's what should have happened and that's what happened. And it was we I feel like we had a bit of a run of bad luck and that's where it ended. Mm. Um and and now we just draw a line under all of that and you know we move forwards yeah. positively from there. It's really exciting. I mean, I was sort of thinking on on the way home from school on this morning that you guys are almost like the sort of J-Lo and Ben Affleck of like the pop world. Like you started <laughs> at the beginning. Oh, I love that. Like off, lived different lives for a while and now you're like... Yeah. But people get really invested in stuff like that. Like mm. I felt really invested in those two getting back together. Like you really yeah. want them to. <laughs> um, but it's like it's an underdog thing and then I think, especially with COVID, everyone's just had such a rubbish time I mean also there was some great things to take from that like I loved being at home with my family for so long but um you know it was a tricky time and I think people I don't know if they see themselves in us or whatever but they like just seeing like some happiness at the end of a, a bad period or whatever yeah so, and also there's all the legacy there's so many songs it's really incredible. great songs I was looking through the set list of what you've been doing on tour and all the songs just, you know, as soon as you read the title, they just all pop into your head, like yeah. this lovely playlist. And you've amassed so much work and you get to share. And it's got that nostalgia for people too. And the people that, you know, listen to it then, 
are still going gigging, we're still going to festivals. And actually, they're probably a lot of people like you and I, where now they're doing all that stuff, but they're also bringing their family along. Yeah, yeah. So you've kind of got all that as well. We did, we had loads of that at the meet and greets. Yeah. It's like the, like the kids saying, oh my God, basically the mum has rammed our music down their throats basically their entire lives. And now they're, you know, they're all there together to see us. And there was definitely like a broad age range, which was fascinating. Like, And some younger people were like, how do they know yeah. our music? But also I think people thought we weren't going to play all the hits because they, they thought I wouldn't want to, mm-hmm. you know, play the ones that I wasn't on. But I mean, I thought, why wouldn't I want to? It's It's the easiest, most joyous thing to just go out and have everyone sing along. It's... It's amazing. Yeah, and then and also it's bringing everything to the here and now. It's telling the rest, the next yeah, bit of the story. Yeah, you just want it to be easy and nice yeah. and and not playing those songs would have felt, I think, for you probably a bit pointed, like a bit weird. Really. Yeah, totally. Like, and none of us are like that precious about anything. We just want to have a good time. Yeah, well, and and I can see that. And actually, it's really come like you can get that feel from even from where I'm standing, which is really really lovely thing and I'm really excited for what you do next year with all these festivals yeah um and and gigs and tour because you've announced um dates as well but we'll throw out your own solo dates as well haven't you for the We're playing the O2 that's pretty flipping amazing I mean I, I'm still trying to let that sink in but um I don't think Sugar Babies have ever played an arena like headlining so if, I mean it'd be such a milestone for all of us yeah and it's just not it's also never a given those things are like totally precious it feels like when we first got together it was always just like the the next thing always bettered the last thing. It just mm. felt like it was just going so well. And then I, ha- I haven't had that since then. And 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 we really just don't take it for granted. So this time we're like, wow, isn't that amazing? Yeah. You know, and like when we were on tour, like every morning we'd get up, like if we were in South End, we'd walk along the beach or, you know, we're just making sure we're just really living in the moment and enjoying it, not just, you know, sitting in the hotel room like you did when you were a teenager and yeah. then going to the venue and home again. We're really, like, you know, taking it in. Like, you just you don't know when when it might end, you know? So we're yeah. just enjoying it. A lot of that really resonates with me as well. I think you've got to really appreciate it. And I think when you're young and in that first rush, there's so many things happening. Some of it amazing, heady, great. Some of it a bit discombobulating and you're not sure if it's really what a shared desire of yours, what the label are after or other people. Yeah. And that busy, busy diary that you kind of think a bit yes and a bit like, oh, but I'm not really seeing my family and I'm not really also, seeing my I friends. Also, I think being a, being a woman mm. in the industry as well, I think, uh, you know, you add that in. If you start really young, you've got your own insecurities going on. Mm. And then the pressures of, you know, I, I was just really opinionated. and I kind of knew what I wanted. In fact, I think the three of us were like that. Um, but that wasn't very welcomed, you know. Uh, and it's kind of getting used to that dynamic. Yeah. Um, because everyone in the room is 20 years older yeah. than you. So you want to have, like, respect for your elders. But also, like, it is your thing. Completely. But you only really get the balls to stand up for yourself many years later. It's so true, because I remember I signed my first deal when I was 18. Wow. So, you know, pretty senior compared to you, I know. No. How old have you <laughs> no. been? Were you 16 when you guys signed? I think we were 14. 14? And um, <laughs> the oh first God. record came out when we were 15 and 16. Oh, my goodness. I know. So little. <laughs> Gosh. In fact, when we were homeschooled, we used to do our maths classes just around the corner from here. Really? Yeah. Uh, and you, so your <laughs> mum and dad must have had to co-sign your contracts. Yeah, when they you're had younger to, than 18, you have to have your parents. Yeah, so they had to sign, is it an indemnity mm-hmm. where 
if we didn't fulfill our contract, they could lose their house. And that... Wow. Yeah, that was a big thing for me because I had watched my parents struggle my whole upbringing, um, you know, to make ends meet. And to, you know, we never went without, but, you know, times were not always that easy. And the one thing they had to show for it was this house that we lived in. So to think then that I was kind of taking a pun on, you know, so I had to... that, that I, I did feel that pressure quite heavily. That's a very grown-up thing to have to think about at that age. But also, how amazing of my parents. I mean, they're just so, like, when I think back, you know, like Ron Tom, our first manager, like, he'd come over and he would be, like, smoking a spliff in the garden. And I was there, like, oh, my God, what on earth are my parents going to think of this? And do you know what? They thought nothing of it. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. And then my mum was like, oh, you know, I used to take the three of you down to watch, you know, Live Aid at Wembley. I didn't have a ticket. We just stood outside and, you know, you were, like, three weeks old. And I just thought, you know, they're just, they've just been really cool about the whole experience. Well, yeah, I mean, before we start recording, you were talking a bit about your folks and how they're really relaxed. Like, yeah. the boundaries were quite, quite, quite chilled boundaries. Yeah. And so that's, they do sound like amazing people, but also quite kind of um, just rolling with, like, oh, okay, we'll yeah. just see. This I'm going to be a singer. Come on, then, that's fine. Yeah, they never once said that they didn't, you know, they weren't sure about whether I should do it. All they've ever said is that they want us to be happy. Mm-hmm. So how did they feel about... A bit about... more guidance would have been helpful, but... <laughs> but if you, how can you guide someone if they're suddenly no. doing a pop career? Like I mean, I mean no, what was... would they know to say? I know. I mean, you get these contracts put in front of you. I mean, what, you know, what do any of us know? Mm. And you have to hope that you're, you know the team that's representing you isn't in cahoots with the people that you're signing to. And yeah. as we all know, that happens quite a lot yeah. in the music industry with conflicts of interest and stuff like that. Absolutely. So, but, you know, uh, you know, when when I look back, it, it could have been worse. We, we, we did okay. I think you've done more than okay, actually, because the thing that's at the core of what you've, what the group is, is actually completely, I mean, it's there, like your friendship, your relationship. And you're all women now. So yeah, kind of stronger than ever, and mm. it it really I mean it's it's quite obvious to say people know you know it hasn't always been like that. There've been real ups and downs, and that's why we, I mean you know we got back together really ten years ago, and we've been on you know great form ever since. But we're still there's always a little bit in the back of your mind like oh maybe it could revert back to you know those those horrible times when it was really tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just gone from strength to strength, and um, we yeah we are like sisters. Yeah. You know, we are, and it's it's really lovely the way we look after each other, like who wants a cup of tea and, you know, I've got some throat spray and, yeah. you, know, um, you know, make sure you eat your dinner while it's hot. You know, this is the way, this is what we're doing, you know, it's so not rock and roll. We just make sure everyone's hydrated and has enough sleep and we go for nice long walks. It's quite uh-huh. boring stuff, but actually it's been really nice bonding, you know, to do with each other. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And I guess as well, you've had, you're getting to... You're dealing with each other as you are here and now. <clears throat> and for you as well, a big part of your life now is, as you say, the, what you said was 80% when you're the family side. Yes. So how, like, you've got two. So you've got a five-year-old boy and a two-and-a-half-year-old little girl. Is that yes. Right? So when you were... Terrors. <laughs> Terrors. <laughs> Should we just enjoy the quiet for a second? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what was happening at the time when you had your little boy when you had your first baby what was going on then so I was working outside of the music industry still I wasn't um model booking I just left so a friend of mine um he was flipping properties in sorry this is quite a random story but he was flipping properties in Edinburgh and he wanted someone to do the interiors for him and he didn't like what anyone was doing and he really liked my house so he said will you just do this up there for me so I said, I don't really know what I'm doing, but yeah, it'll be, you know, it'll be fun. And by the time I was, pre so we did, we, we I, I can't remember how many we did, but sort of 15 or 20 properties up there over the course of a few years. But then when I got pregnant, he said, I want to start a nursery chain and I'm going to get you to design it. And I said, well, that's highly unlikely because I just don't have the skill set. And he was like, oh, you know, it'll be fine. We'll, we'll, we'll get it done. So we worked with an architect that we... Um, we're using in Edinburgh and they kind of work remotely and we opened the first I think there's now 20 something in the chain for N Family Club it's an incredible success uh, but we opened the first one round the corner from my house in Stoke Newington when Ford was like six weeks old wow which was quite stressful <laughs> that must have been, well it's quite <laughs> extraordinary um so when you were saying he was six weeks old, what, were you sort of actually going around there a lot and keeping an eye on what was happening and supervising? And I mean, the opening was we were doing like colour blocking on the wall, but I didn't really have the skill set to draw or tell people what I wanted. So I kind of just had to do it myself. Being there. Yeah. And at one point, because I was breastfeeding, I'd been out of the house long enough that I thought, you know... I was going to explode. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that's disgusting. But no, no, that like, feeling you know, is like you have no to go other. out and do anything, you know. And I didn't have Ford with me, um, and in the end, my husband had to bring him up. But he said when I 
arrived home at like two in the morning after putting the finishing touches together for the opening day he said I look like a corpse walking through the door (laughs) and looking back I mean I would never do that again I mean what we do when we have our first child we just think we can carry on yeah I think you don't quite know well also the pregnant when I, I remember when I was pregnant with Sunny my eldest all the pregnancy books are about pregnancy obviously and actually they the last chapter is the giving birth you're like and then I get have the baby and close the book. I felt exactly the <laughs> so same I way. I really thought about the fact that that's when it all actually starts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I just hadn't really given it a great deal of thought. I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I've done all the hypnobirthing, all the classes, you know, mm. I'd sign myself up for, you know, whatever, put myself on waiting list, but I hadn't really thought about what you do when you bring them home. And then it's just mm. relentless from then on in. It is quite, yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably the core of you know I don't know maybe not everybody feels like that but for me motherhood is such a big part of my life obviously the practicalities of the day-to-day but also just like it kind of just changed everything in my emotional makeup as well I didn't like it's not like I didn't feel like I was a different person exactly but it's more like I don't know just everything was just given a new spin and I had to kind of almost recalibrate for the things that were still important I had to work you know keep intact but a lot of stuff just like that's there's not room for that anymore. I mean, I found it harder than I expected to. I, I you know, I just thought I'd be like Mother Earth and I would absolutely love being a stay-at-home mom and but that's quite hardcore, I found. And and I did need something outside of that. Um I love being a mum, but my God, the noise. You know, like ne- never having a moment's silence. I didn't realise how much that would affect me. Mm. Um I do realise, I mean, maybe I'm a little bit sensory or something, you know. I've literally tried to Google, like, what's wrong with me sometimes because it's quite, it's quite, you know, just, it's it's full on. You have to, you know, in the pecking order, you just go, you just go much further down the list, don't you? And that yeah. takes a little bit of getting used to. Yes, definitely. And I think that you've got the literal noise, but also just the headspace of all the things that suddenly are really, you have to prioritise. Yeah. Um, the endless mother load exactly <laughs> so when you were trying to find things for yourself what were the things you were looking for what role was music in your life at that time I mean we had a tricky start with Ford because he he had a um, like cow's milk protein allergy um, and honestly for about two and a half years if you were to put music on he wouldn't he would scream and so I felt like I lived in a bit of a world of silence and it made me quite sad once we got to I mean, he was about four and a half when we finally got him, um, like when he'd finally grown out of all the allergies and stuff and he had glue ear and all kinds of those little niggly things that can happen when they're little. Um, you know, now it's amazing. He loves dancing, he loves music and I feel like the house has really come alive. But yeah, music definitely disappeared out of my life in those early years. Um, and I found that really hard. Like mm. I couldn't even have the radio on. Wow, so that's yeah. that's a big thing, isn't it? If, if music's always been part of your life, and also for me, music has always had the ability, like, to sort of lift me out of things. So if I am having yes. a day where I feel like sluggish or frustrated or there's tension or whatever, then the right music can just kind of change the script a yeah. bit. So if that's taken away from you, particularly if it's such an instinctive thing for you, but also it compounds the loneliness of being on home at home on your own with, with a new baby, like as a first time mum. You know, I would have just liked a bit of noise around me. You know, it did that definitely felt lonely for me, which is probably why I 
enjoyed a lot of the lockdowns because my husband was at home. Um, I had my daughter. Yeah. So she um, must have been born not that long before the... Hang on a minute, she would have just, been just like eight months the, or something? Just after the first lockdown. Okay. Yeah, we were just coming out of the first lockdown when I had her. Wow. Um, so we had to do the whole, you know, he wasn't allowed to be, my husband wasn't allowed to be at the hospital and things like that. But... Um, How did you find that? I, I don't really... I mean, I haven't spoken to too many people that have had... I felt I felt worse for the first time mums on the on the labor ward mm. because I could I could just see it on them and there was you know six of us and we're all facing each other and talking to each other and the um the lady opposite me was struggling to fit like the baby wouldn't feed and you know you, you need so much more support mm. you know and it just wasn't there and you know I was trying to talk to her about it but yeah it's yeah, it's good it wasn't your first I was I was fine and, and I was lucky that my second was just such an easy baby, you know. She just, you know, latched on and fed and, you know, it was well, like a tough. Tamagotchi, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beep, boop, yeah. <laughs> Done. Um, so I've sort of had two extremes in my experiences. You yeah. just don't know what you're going to get, do you? you really I mean, you've don't. had five. I mean, were they all really different from each other? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Definitely, definitely. That's different, a different reason for me to not keep going. <laughs> that's funny. That's kind of why I kept going because I was like, I got, I got very interested in who else, who else was out there. Yeah. And I like the fact that when a new baby came along, that it would change the dynamic of the family again. So there'd be like yeah. this new person, and then everything shifts again. But it is also quite full on chaos. Yeah. Well, yes. There's a lot of that <laughs> and a lot of admin. And also, I was talking to someone yesterday because. My eldest is nearly 19 now, so he's, yeah, uh, 18 at the moment. So we're looking at all, like, the next bit, like, mm-hmm. foundation course or uni or job or whatever. And the person I was speaking to has three kids who are all that age or older. And she was like, oh, actually, this is the bit that's really full on because they need you in a different way. And I was like, yeah. what? I thought I'd done the bit that was... Anyway, so sometimes you've the enormity... Done the intensive. Yeah, the enormity yeah. of, like, that bit, the next bit coming along is quite, like, oh, I've got, I've got to do that quite a lot of times. Yeah. But <laughs> um, but there's also really fun bits, definitely. And, yeah, with the baby bit, I mean, my first was actually quite an easy easy baby. I don't yeah. really like that there's term. No, yeah, I know, you know neither I mean? do I. There's, quite, no, uh, there's no easy I could, baby. I could, I could figure out things quicker. He didn't, he didn't kill you off. <laughs> he didn't. And then the next one, he was a bit more like, right, you know, rub, rubbing his little baby hands together. Um, <laughs> and he didn't respond to things in the same way and... Yeah, that one was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was quite full on. <laughs> but at the same time, it's weird. When they are different like that, I'm sort of rooting for them. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, sure, challenge me. Yeah. Um, and so w- when when you were having your babies, were you was like sort of like pop star, Siobhan, like was that in your head a bit too? Or was that just like out the picture for a it bit? It was with Vivian because mm. 20... Um, 2020 was coming up and we, um, oh my God, she was born in 2020, my memory, <laughs> 2017 was forward. So that should have been the year of our 20th anniversary for One Touch, our first record. Um, and it got postponed, obviously, because mm-hmm. of COVID and you couldn't get any vinyl printed. Oh, yeah. and it was a bit of a faff. Um, but we knew we would definitely still do it. So it was always bubbling okay. away in the background. So it's it like was quite a nice feeling. It to was. Have that. It was lovely. I was really looking forward to it, yeah. which surprised me because normally I'd be terrified of. Well, I used to get terrible stage fright, and and I just thought I'd feel like that. But I don't feel like that since becoming a mum. That's interesting. So what do you think has changed in you? Because stage fright is something that 
I, t- I mean, I, t- I know that feeling. What, what, what do you think is the big shift? Do you think it is having a life outside of it now? Yeah, I just think none of it matters that much anymore. I just think my kids matter more. And that's like the really important thing that I need to get right. If I hit a bum note or maybe fall over on stage, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't, does it? I really? still hope that I won't. <laughs> of course, no, it doesn't mean you don't <laughs> yeah. care. No, I want to do a great job and I will yeah. absolutely throw myself into it. But I, I actually feel like I don't have the headspace to take it as seriously as I did before. Mm-hmm. It has to be more lighthearted or my brain might explode, which is which is great. It's so nice, that feeling, isn't it? Oh my God, it's so nice. It's like you've taken a straight jacket off in a yeah. way. Like, okay, oh, just relax. And the more relaxed you are the crowd feed off on that as well and the more like relaxed our dynamic is between the three of us you know you can be playful I know that's really nice isn't it and I think as a as a grown-up being able to be playful with your work is like it's a pretty big privilege isn't it yeah it's magical to have a bit of fun yeah I mean I'm like you I go to work and I'm like this is great I'm with lots of people I really love yeah and I can be doing some of the gigs you know you walk out and you think and then you just go, I'm just going to take this one as like, this is a lovely thing. I'm just going to enjoy singing. Like, I put my in-ears in and I am in my own world up there. Yeah. For me, it's like a night out. I'm like, I'm going to sing and I'm going to dance and I'll just go home. And does it feel nice <laughs> to have that side of you out there and being able, I mean, obviously now that you're, all the gigs are happening, what's it like to have that space again for you? It's nice to prove to myself that I still have it in me. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And putting on, like, the stage wear and the makeup and all that. I know, because I would never get that dressed up for anything anymore. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> I'm sorry about my attire today. <laughs> oh, no, we're both in full we need, glamour we, right we need a team now. <laughs> you know, it's, we, you need your hair and makeup artists to get... Although sometimes I've had a gig late at night and I might sleep in my makeup and then I've done the school run with, like, terrifying sort of false Glitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely, twinkly face. But, but in that kind of, like, craggy next day kind of way, not in a, like, woo, <laughs> Yeah, I think my... Uh, the, on, the, on the school run, I think the mums notice the dishevelled me you know, next to, like, maybe my hair's been blown out and it's still curly the next day. And so I say, no, I would have been doing something the day before. Hence why my hair's not too bad today, because we did have a, a show last night. Oh, really? What was your show last night? We did um, the National Lottery, the ITV oh, New Year's yeah. Eve show. Oh, amazing. Yeah. How'd it go? It was lovely. I mean, you don't get to do things like that anymore. You no. know, it's only three and a half minutes work. And then you're watching, you know, Cirque du Soleil and Catherine Jenkins and... You Amazing. Know, Where were you filming that? Was that up in... Wembley. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, so it was a big big show thing. Yeah. Ah, amazing. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant the one where they do in the studio where it's like they do the numbers and they... Oh, no, well, no, I haven't no, done it. Big Wembley... No, well, I didn't know they did a yeah. Wembley Stadium one. I think this might be their first year doing it. With I a feel like... big live audience. Yeah. Because you were playing Wembley Stadium last night. So yeah. Cool. <laughs> I know. Just a casual game. But again, it's so ridiculous to me... That I that it that I just don't get nervous. How nice! I know it's lovely. So if you could go back to younger you, is there a way you could get that message back? God, it's literally like black and white. Me then to me now, and I just never want to feel like that ever again. That level of stage fright that I used to experience, I genuinely believe, took years off my life. I feel like the cortisol that would course through my body 
you know, it's from the moment I found out that I would be doing the show, you know, and that can be months in advance, I would stress about it for the entire time. It would make me sick. And this would be whether it be Sugar Babes or Solo or anything, yeah, it didn't matter. didn't matter. So having other people up there with you didn't change that feeling? No. It was all about just... Well, the thing is back then is that I was nervous, Keisha was nervous, and Mutu was nervous. And you forget, I mean, when you're teenagers, you don't recognise this in each other, that when you're nervous, you kind of go into yourself and it can look a bit like you're moody. But actually, you're just dealing with a lot going on in your head. Absolutely. You know, whereas now, we're very good at communicating that with each other. We give each other eye contact on stage. If anyone's having a little bit of a moment or you need to sing their part, we, you know, we... We, we can very quickly do that for each other. So having that support network on stage now is amazing. And is that a conversation you had to have or has that just happened quite naturally? Quite naturally. Keisha's a real leader in that. She's very much like, I always feel like she has our back on stage and she's uh, like very much the person that will make sure our harmonies are right and um, like vocally and sonically, we definitely defer to her to make sure that that's right. Yeah. That's, Which I'm is just, just another think... weight off my shoulders, isn't it? I love it. Well, that is lovely. <laughs> but also I'm thinking about that level of stage fright when you're young and actually how that... I mean, you do feel when you're really, really nervous, you feel like my system must just be running at sort of 10 to dozen. Like it's just everything's like pumping and... Yeah. So how would it manifest? Would you be shaking? Would you have to have like quiet before? What would be the way that you'd handle it? I now realise in hindsight, because I am someone who probably has like generalised, well, I know I have generalised anxiety anyway. Um, but I think looking back, I actually was having full-blown panic attacks sometimes. Yeah. Maybe oh, maybe for every show and just still just went out. Oh, that makes me want to go back to little you and like give you a hug or I something. Know. That's such a lot to deal with. Yeah. I now realise it wasn't normal state. I mean, what's normal stage fright? I mean, I don't know. But, like, it's it's the heart palpitations, it's your breathing, it's, you know, I don't know how I didn't pass out. I had, weirdly enough, I had I started having panic attacks after I had my daughter when I was breastfeeding. And I could be sat there, like, minding my own business, having a lovely day, and the chest pains that I would experience were really full on. Like, sometimes I'd have to put her down. And on one occasion, I did take myself to A&E because... I kind of Googled it and there is this thing where it's very rare, but like maybe you can have a heart attack from breastfeeding because it's such a stress on your body. And I was like, well, I probably should get them to check me out, you know. I've never heard of that before. My goodness, you can have a heart attack from breastfeeding. But it, but you can, you wow. can. I mean, it's, it's a full-on stress on your body. But I mean, I was sat there like, honestly, like was totally fine, yeah. totally relaxed. Safe at your home. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. in my safe space. Um, but just with this pounding chest pain, I thought, my God, I'm having a heart attack. And I went to um, A&E and they're like, you're having, you're, you're having panic attacks. And I really thought that they had misdiagnosed me for a mm. while. And then I had to accept it. I was like that, you know, and I look back and I think with the stage fright, I'm like, it's, they're panic attacks. Yeah. And panic attacks are terrifying. I used to have them as well. And it's Absolutely just so terrifying. like in your subconscious, like you just, su you have no control over it. No. I used to get it with live telly. That was the thing that was my... Really? Main, yeah, because I'd feel completely out of control stressful. and I'd feel like... Like, if you know that thing where you're standing there and they go, okay, we've just got an ad break, so we're just going to set you in and then you've got about three minutes and then yeah. we go live to you and I'd just be like, there's no getting out of this. <gasps> yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't run away. suddenly say, I just need to go to the loo or, yeah. oh, sorry, I forgot I need to do something and I've just... That time is going to tick down 
I'm feeling this in my body as Sorry. you're saying it. <laughs> but it's horrible because you just have you, you're you have to sort of fake something else. And I I remember um someone I was working with offering me beta blockers and I was like, I actually don't all I'll do then is I've been on them. Yeah, and I thought, okay, great. I mean, I don't no judgment to any there's so many ways like whatever what you're getting through it, aren't you? But I just thought, I know what I'm like. If I start taking something, I'll transfer it to that. And then if I don't have that one day, I'll be Well, exactly. I'll be me. And it started to happen on the tube and all that kind of thing. Um I ended up having hypnotherapy, which actually really worked for me, but that was just and then I think it was kind of like little coping techniques. But like you, I've now got to the point where that has just dissipated from, from my work because I just, a lot of it's so silly and fun. And what, so what if something, I've had some really big like mistakes happen on like live telly and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I've lived it now. I've known what it sounds like and feels like. And it's but like talking about the mother load, like you need the headspace in order to worry. And when you just don't have that headspace because you're so busy that's true. at home, it, I do now think that must help. Yeah, I that's think a, right. That's a positive. And sometimes I'll be on stage and I'll, I'll be like, Oh, I forgot to reply to that school email about, you know, just yeah. like popping. Oh my God, it's Christmas jumper day tomorrow. Exactly. We don't have a Christmas jumper. Yeah, all those things. And what, you, presumably your kids have been coming along to your gigs and stuff, have they? Only one. Only one. Which one did they come to? They came to Margate. So we played at Dreamland. Oh, amazing. How was that? Uh, it was amazing. It was, but it was on Ford's fifth birthday Aww. so we're like happy birthday we've organised this whole show just for you <laughs> and they gave us loads of free tokens for him to go on all the rides and um, I didn't know how he was going to um, react so it was obviously going to be really loud and I'd got him ear defenders and you know we'd got my sister there so that you know if my husband had to take him out my sister could hang on to my daughter but he just loved it Aww. and he said to me after he's like mummy you were amazing you know then it's like oh my god you know tears That's mummy you were amazing i know it was so great can up. you have a word with my kids please <laughs> uh but he's but he's still kind of young enough where i do think maybe in another year or so yeah but mummy i've got some that kind of cool ladies i've never come out with that oh my um when sunny <laughs> was little, i think you know what you've been really smart with is only taking them into one kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy this one show yeah because then they don't have the uh, bit where they just get really bored of seeing you do your thing and it's oh like oh my god my, my, um, how awful are they they're like just like oh here she goes again no, no, my um <laughs> my 13 year old kit uh i played the palladium in march and he he had to be fair on him he had said he didn't want to come but it's like about 10 minutes from his school so i said come straight from school you can come for sound check and then and then maybe go home or stay. And I knew he was really going to stay because I knew there was no one to look after him at home. Yeah. And he was livid, like beyond livid. And honestly, I was on stage. How old whole, is he? he? Well, he's now, I don't know, he was 13 then. He had okay. his birthday the month before. Yeah, 13. So I was backstage getting ready. I had to. I was on stage at half eight. He didn't get out of my dressing room complaining till 10 past eight. I tried to put my makeup, I do my makeup for gigs and stuff. And so I had like Mickey on my lap. He was like newly three, and I was he was jostling around so much and trying to grab my glitter that but I accidentally put the glue for the glitter in my eye. <laughs> so I managed to get them all out. By 10 past eight, I was like, I just need these guys gone now, actually, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually in danger of jeopardizing the show. <laughs> and Kit was literally messaging me as I was about to go on, going, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna watch one song and then I'm leaving or I'm gonna go backstage. <laughs> Savage. Play. Yeah. So afterwards, um, I said, How was it? And he was like, He said, the thing is, I don't understand live shows because you've got the build up and then you've got the first one or two songs which are kind of good, and then you're just waiting for it to end. <gasps> wow. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I have been They're to so gigs brutally like that. honest, these yeah. kids. And then when Sonny was about four or five, he came to Cornbury, which is a was a lovely like yeah. really family festival. And afterwards, I said, what do you think? And he said, there should have been a climbing frame. And I said, what, on stage for me? He said, no, for the crowd when they got bored. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe I'm just not as good as you guys <laughs> I think my Maybe kids it's are... not your kids. I mean, well, with mine. Maybe I think it's my me kids are just show and just taking some notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just now taking this in because this is what I've got to come. Yeah, it's quite... But then they come back round because um, when they get a bit older, um, you can... When they go on the tour bus, they love that. We give them a job. So my sister is um, our makeup artist. Is she? Because I, I knew you did makeup. Oh, how yeah. lovely. So we I, we all love having her there. It's weird because when she's at work, she's not really like my sister. In fact, she, she has a better rapport with Matur and Keisha than me, which is quite funny. <laughs> um, but she has a 14-year-old daughter. Um, so Tilly was on tour with us and we had her just like doing like taking footage for us and oh, she'd be in the pit every night and she had you know her AAA pass and you know at that age it's really cool isn't it to be doing that so. really cool and presumably yeah. for your parents they must be really enjoying seeing you having so much fun well yeah I think for them it's a huge relief also for yeah. my husband because I feel like I used to come home and be like how was your day and I would then spend three hours recounting you know this thing and that thing whereas now I'm just like yeah it was great and then we get on with our evening yeah <laughs> wonderful so in light of that what's next what's the plan or do you or are you just doing like one foot in front of the other uh one foot in front of the other at the moment we didn't have any time to go into the studio over the summer and people were asking us a lot about it you know when we were doing meet and greet the tour and stuff and we totally get that um the fans are like desperate for a new record yeah, it's a pretty natural next for sure, question, and and it, and it will, and I think it will come. But we 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 haven't even got the 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 Time. we haven't even done the groundwork <laughs> of that yet. Yeah. But it is that is the next step now. And the other thing that I really want to happen sooner rather than later is I want um, I want the work that we did eight years ago. I want that to see the light of day. It's just oh, yeah. so weird that it was leaked and it kind of just sits on YouTube. I want people to be able to play it. I want them to yeah. play, uh, you know, a properly mixed, finished ver version of the record. I'm sure you can sort that. Yeah. When does this come out? Uh, new Year. <laughs> like, January, we'll start the new series. Oh, then so. I can tell you. that. So, the we will be doing a surprise drop of, of that record. Hey! Yeah. That's cool. I so, do. when's that coming out then? Christmas Day. <laughs> Next year, Christmas Day. No, 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 this day. year, Christmas oh, Day. Oh, I see, okay. I thought you were saying, we're when you said we're going to be doing a drop, <laughs> yeah. I thought you meant in January we were going to announce I think, Christmas 2020. I think it will drop on Christmas Eve. Oh, that's so cool. We were just like... Oh, man, so you must be thrilled to have that Well, management were like, oh, you know, we've got to try and go and collect all the parts. Some, there's, no, there's no parts for some of the songs, so okay. people will be getting the demo, like, mastered in some shape or another, but... Um, there was no time to do it, but we were like, do you know what? Let's just push. Let's just That's make amazing. it happen this side of Christmas because. How know. lovely. Yeah. God, it really does feel like all things just come back. You've just had to, like, well, you probably always were like, you've just basically become like the grown ups in the room for all the conversations that are happening and people are listening to you. We which also is very kind important. of just let it 
role and mm. didn't force it or push it. Yeah. So people are like, my God, you know, what's taken so long? And it's like when we when we were pushing to make it happen, there was so much resistance. So we just decided just not to do that anymore. And this year seems to have come very naturally for yeah. whatever reason. You know, there's like some weird thing mm. coming out of COVID. Everyone is just desperate to get out and see people live. I mean, Keisha's yes. noted that, you know, the response we're getting is is like nothing the band has ever seen live. Yeah. We are so lucky. She would know. She's yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It must be funny. Turn to us, the Oracle. Tell me. Has yes. it always been this way for this look <laughs> Yeah. And is it ever like, I don't know, like, is it like getting back with an old partner and then there's like partners that other people they've seen in the interim and you're you sort of like know they had other partners but you don't really talk about it or is it like sometimes we talk about it because I guess it's like a whole different chapter but must mind you it's quite a long time ago as well isn't it now mm. sorry to sipping my tea um that well I guess the thing is I don't know the other girls I don't know any of them so for me it's almost like it didn't happen mm. but that can't be how the other girls feel obviously um and I know that you know, in in one of the later in the the later lineup for Keisha, that's the most fun she had. Although she has said until this year, she's had the most fun this year. Um, but you know, they had a good time because it was just really successful and easy, and you know, it was just bookings and bookings, and um, she really enjoyed that. So she, you know, there are, you know, I think highs and lows for everyone in each lineup. But I think the thing that we keep coming back to is there is something magic in the three of us singing together. And the response we've had from people means that we feel like it's the right thing yeah. at the right time. And, um, yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. Also, the nice thing about the new any new material is there's just no rush because for now, all the songs you're doing give people a great show so it's like when you've got the right song you can it's put different now in. isn't it like i don't think anyone cares where you chart no that's that, that is so, when you when we started out i used to feel a bit like oh a bit sorry for people in, in the stage we're at now yeah. i'd be like oh they must be oh, not, not on radio one and stuff and then you get older and you're like oh radio two is where it's at it's so nice <laughs> like not worrying about that stuff and i know that whole feeling of having to kind of like you know, there's always another rung. Get to the next rung of the ladder and then you get onto that rung and then that one below you falls away and you're like, oh, the, the pressure and the whole feeling of, like, being a priority act and then it kind of, like, you know, slipping a bit and then, oh, it's just horrible. Yeah, like, it's just so I'm not in our control. Lots of it, but, yeah, I'm just like... And for some stations, nice you know, now. maybe we'll always be a heritage act and, like, that's fine. Well, I think definitely that, you know, the... I, I, I mean, I say our piss. I know you're younger. I'm 43, but the the, the people who listen, I'm not to far think, behind you. Not too. Well, are you 38? 38. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So, I think that those all those songs you grew up with, and then revisiting them now when you're in this stage, actually feels really lovely. It feels really good, and you've got really happy memories. And I mean, I'm really definitely proud to sing songs that I brought out around that time. Yeah, and I, I love it. And I think. You're right about that. Well, we're both well. really lucky that we've got this timeless catalogue that we true. can keep playing out. And also, I think the lockdown maybe played a little part in that because it it was this time where I found it really hard to listen to new music at that time because I wasn't making new memories associated okay, with it. Yeah. Whereas if I listened to something from 
you know, 98 or 2003. I've got a memory. I was like, oh, I was here. I, that was that summer. That was when I was hanging out with those friends. So you can kind of delve into those happy places. Whereas during like 2020, 21, 22, it's like, it's not like, oh, I remember that. I was listening to that in my uh, sitting room. Yeah. Um, and occasionally <laughs> in the garden. Like it just, the memory is just not, yeah. it's not Oh my God, vivid. I hear you. I hadn't really made that association, but you that's probably what was going on. sometimes, yeah. don't you? And getting back out for festivals, it's like, you know, when a song comes on, then suddenly you're like, hey, yeah. just a great moment. Like, that, that's really gorgeous. That that's makes... why I've loved getting older. Yeah, me it too. doesn't bother me at all. Me neither. In fact, I like it so much more than I ever thought I would, actually. I mean, if I could never be a teenager again. Forget oh it. God, no way. <laughs> no way. And what about your relationship with your solo career? Because that was, like, an amazing chapter. You brought so much good music. It was great. Yeah, I mean... I loved it. It was probably like the height of my depression and anxiety. So it wasn't like the ha- the happiest time in my life. But I'm really happy with the two records I make. I made. Mm. Um, I think in particular, Ghosts. I feel like that is the one people talk to me about a lot. Um, uh, I love it. Well, I don't know whether I'd make another record on my own. Maybe I will. I, don't I suppose know. it's like a diary entry. If it was a time when you also felt quite quite raw, then it's... yeah, I've only just started listening to it. Mm. I never. Do you listen to your own music? Not really. I it's think it's sometimes one, it's quite it? hard to revisit stuff as yeah. well from certain chapters because you think you're not writing about anything uh, that personal. And I you know, back and, and you're you like, are. Oh, God, it's yeah. all there. And, oh, I've um, got a song. There's a place, and I just don't play it because I know I'll burst into tears. <laughs> but then I also think it's great to be able to put stuff into music when you're going through things. Definitely. I got an amazing message from um, Miles Leonard, was head of um, Parlophone when I made Ghosts, and. I mean, how old is Ghost now? Like 15 years old. And we were like in the middle of, you know, pandemic lockdowns. It's all miserable. And and he sent me this really long text message and I hadn't heard from him in years. And it was just talking to me about like it had come on like on random play on his um through his car while he was driving. And he sat, he said he pulled over and sat and listened to the whole record and like told me how much he still loved it and what it meant to him. And I was just like, wow. And um, yeah, it's just that is lovely. It was so lovely. But, you know, I think it wasn't, it wasn't, it, what, that n- neither of them were like commercial success, success stories. They just weren't. And I've had to, my husband's helped me with this. He's really helped me over the years to not see it as a fail, like a failure. Um, it is, it is a great achievement. It's good work. And, and I now appreciate it for what, you know, you know, looking at it like that rather than like how well it did or didn't do, and and people still love it now. And you know, we yeah. did the with the Sugar Bays meet and greets. So many people bought my solo records to be signed, and it was like it really felt like it was a like a healing process for me. Mm. I was like, oh my god, you know, the, you know, it it does mean something to people, and it was worth me doing. And I mean, I shouldn't need that to. Uh, make peace with that time in my life but no. I mean I did and I think that makes sense anyway because you put things out and then that's like you, you intend people to hear it so when yeah. there's a relationship that people have the other side it's really lovely and yeah. that warmth of people bringing it and saying oh I love this album and this is my favorite song yeah it's like ah oh, yeah thank you that yeah. feels really good I think that's I don't think that's about anything I think that's a very like that's the selfish nature of sharing the things you create isn't it and like the relationship then the next bit back is part of the dialogue yeah you know you're not doing it to avoid you're doing it so people hear it yeah absolutely so that's really lovely and your husband's advice is really smart I think and you've got to be kind of at peace with all these things because I think I mean he got know. me to do a musical we hadn't we hadn't long um 
since met and it was I released Ghosts and then it was like what am I going to do next and I got offered this musical and I was like it's if I mean I just thought I was I mean I didn't think I was really cool but I think I was a bit snobby about everything you know I'd only do something I thought it's really cool because I was a teenager and um well actually I wasn't I was in my early 20s at that point but he was like get over yourself like this will be an amazing experience like the camaraderie you will feel and like some of the people I met on that show, like, we're friends to this day, and I had the best time. Also got in quite good shape, because quite a few shows a week. Wow. <laughs> but I think, is it right you did Rent? Or I did Rent. Ah, that's amazing. That's I a mean, very cool musical as well. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it got mixed reviews, and I couldn't have cared less. It was, I, it was quite... because you're part of an ensemble, and you just love the people you're working with? Oh, and... my God, I loved it. Oh, I loved how long it. were you doing that for? Uh, it was only, like, six months or something that's long. like that. Yeah. Like eight shows a week. Oh my god, I was like a bag of bones when I when I finished. So it was a double show on a Friday and a double show on a Saturday. Whoa. Oh my god, it was brutal. But I just loved it. And that was the start of me like telling myself, like, stop taking yourself so seriously mm-hmm. and actually go out and live your life. Otherwise you're going to say no to everything. Wow. That's really important though, isn't it? Because now you can really enjoy everything. And am I right? You're the only one of the sugar babes to be with young children. With young children, yes. So Mutia's daughter, I think, is about to turn 18. Oh, wow. I know. And Keisha would love to have children, so we're hoping that's in the pipeline for her shortly. And when you've had your diary getting busy, does it ever feel a bit stressful about shifting where you are and, you know... The, 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 the childcare. Yeah, well, not just literally, <laughs> not just the practicality, but just, you know, the fact that you'll be doing your thing and working and away sometimes or does that not really I find it more stressful the other way around <laughs> so like That's I went on <laughs> we were on tour which you know is like being on holiday and my god you know like you don't look after yourself as a mum and like I would have my rehydration salts in the morning I would do my led mask and put all my serums on and I'd go for a swim I mean it was like a it was like a spa holiday, wow. and then I came home and never did any of those things again. You know, and by the end of the no first wonder you're week, booking in more dates. Yeah, <laughs> by the end of the first week, I was like, you know, had another virus that came home from nursery. Yes, I mean, this I'm only joking. I mean, it's wonderful, but I, you know, I definitely find the logistics and the day to day aspects of being a parent like way more stressful. There's so much more going into it than me getting up and singing and dancing. Don't tell everybody this. That's what we do. <laughs> They'll all want to do it. Well speak for yourself. After we finish talking, I'm going into a six hour vocal rehearsal and Oh my God. No, I'm not I'm not joking. I'm, I'm not I was like, what for? <laughs> rehearse <laughs> you're so right <laughs> I've got a gig um, tomorrow night in Manchester and, oh wow um, so I have to be overnight and I was thinking oh what a shame gonna, you know, get to stay in a hotel on your own <laughs> make sure my train journey back because I get a lie in I'm so knackered. yeah oh I just couldn't make that early train it got so the cancelled. moral of the story is <laughs> if you can uh if you can have a pop career in your yeah. late 30s, early 40s. <laughs> also, if you're a new mum and you're finding it really stressful, look release into being... Yeah, release an album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just to get some me time. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so true. Yeah. Have you got a support act for next tour? I'll come with you guys. Oh, my God, please do. How, How much fun most, would that be? That'd be We're so fun. fun on tour. Also, I've never used an LED mask. What do they... What's that? Is that oh, the one they change your life. So they, that's the whole face ones that glow, right? I was like... <laughs> so... 
I'm just going to say it. I am completely immune to bone t- Botox. Okay, I I'm don't one have any Botox. What do you mean immune? Yes, and you've tried it and you've reacted. I've tried or... it because I was like, I got to a point where I was like, I don't need to grow all gracefully. I'll try, <laughs> I'll have some. Um, and I am what like it's quite rare. I am completely immune. Okay. So oh, I went, nothing happened. Nothing happens. <laughs> I went back five times in quick You're succession. You're like, don't look angry. So I was like, People are like, doing yes. it right. <laughs> <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, I just have a permanent frown. You know, I look angry all the time. So yeah, I'm completely immune. So I was like, oh my God, well, I what do I do that. next? Mm. Um, so I bought, yeah, like the most expensive LED market, uh, LED mask on the market. How long do you have to put it on for? 20 minutes a day. So basically what? I only do it when I'm on tour. Because <laughs> oh. you don't get... What does it do? Just reduces... So the red light is uh, for collagen production and yeah. the blue light is antibacterial, like, oh. anti, you know, for spots and stuff. Or you can do the pink light, which is combined, and it's the double whammy. But I don't even get that 20 minutes at home, so I'm not doing that every day. No, I mean, But on either. tour, I came off tour, great skin, I felt hydrated. Well rested. <laughs> yeah. Okay, definitely. That's, okay, LED mask. I never even, I actually never really knew what they did. I'd seen them, pictures of them. I didn't know. No, it's good. They are good. Cool. And I, I haven't tried Botox. I've decided I'm not going to. You don't to. need it. I, well, I'm, I look my age, but I, I also just don't, don't. Really mind. But I know, I mean, I felt like that when it didn't work. I thought, maybe that's a blessing, actually. Yeah. I'll just get on with it. Just embrace it. Yeah. And go on tour and wear your own Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and put really expensive serums on. Exactly. <laughs> Try a new one every month. Oh, it's been such a joy talking to you, Sean. Oh, you Can too. I come and see you guys on tour next yes, year? Yes. I love that. Or That'd just come so on fun. tour with us. Yes, please. Let's just do that. Yeah. Perfect. and she lovely thank you so much for everyone for coming over to talk with me it was a, a joy and um yeah you know I've always got a penchant for talking to singers anyway and yes I have noticed I've done two back to back with Jessie Ware last week but it's just really nice for me because otherwise I do meet singers when I'm out and about but we don't get very much time to really sit and chat and obviously it's quite a unique job in lots of ways and uh, hearing other people who are in similar situation is always very reassuring and really nice. There's always a lot of crossover. And also, I suppose, you know, Siobhan and I are kind of peers, really. So we've grown up through a very similar experience with music industry and the highs and the lows. And now I've got to this nice point now where we're both just really enjoying the opportunities we have. So that's a good feeling. And hopefully our paths will cross again very soon. And in the meantime, yeah, tonight I've got my gig so I've been alternating my stage where I've got um, and basically my my outfit for the first half of my gig is based on a kind of um, 1950s nighty and matching dressing gown, sort of twin set. So I've got slightly cartoony versions of that. I've got a pink one with red trim and then I've got a orange one with yellow trim. And I wore the orange last night. So tonight is the pink. It's like a cerise pink with a matching red with pink trim dressing gown I wear to start and then halfway through I switch to sequins which denotes the start of the party party section and it's been going really well and what's quite cute I suppose because a lot of the people that have been coming they did watch the kitchen discos but they also they want to hear the old songs so it's funny because in the UK I've been doing loads of covers because it was all part of what the kitchen disco was about and here, they don't really want the covers as much. They want to hear the old tunes. So I've been kind of doing a bit more of me, which is quite fun. And, uh, yeah, still regretting the decision I made at 14, which was to study 
Latin instead of German. That was a bad decision. I've never needed my Latin. The German would have been really handy. All I can say really is thank uh, I need more than that. Anyway, everybody's been very gorgeous. And after we finish in Germany, we just got one stop left in Poland. And then I'll be back with my babies at the end of the week on Friday. And then I will have my final podcast guest for you last next week. I've already started recording for the next series, though. I've got some lovely people headed your way. And I know I'm repeating myself, but please do keep your suggestions coming in. I promise I always check out everybody you suggest. And um, I've got a lovely list of people that I'm talking to, that I'm booked in to see, and that I'm trying to pin down a date for. So keep them coming my way. It's all good. And in the meantime, I hope you have a really lovely rest of your week. And sorry for my croaky voice, but uh, I think I'll find a way through the gig. I definitely will. The adrenaline carries you through, and then and then I just have to go straight to bed afterwards and look after myself. But that's okay. The partying can wait. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, lots of love. Thank you to producer Claire, as ever. Thank you to editor Richard, who's doing this one on tour. Um, thank you to Ella May for my beautiful artwork for the podcast. Mainly, though, thank you to you for lending me your ears. And of course, thank you to my lovely guest, Siobhan. All right, that's a love. See you next week. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.